You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I tell you what, if people ever tell you church is boring, that's not the Lord's fault. The Lord, I, I think He wants us to be able to have fun and, and true fun. Uh, fun with no guilt attached and be able to laugh and, and um, just be able to fellowship with one another. I think it's good. I really do. I really do. To have a balance. To have a balance. Uh, I'm preaching tonight on the subject, We Are His Church. And I was even thinking of continuing with our Through the Bible series tonight because it would have been the Song of Solomon, which I believe is a wonderful picture of the love that Jesus has for his church. Um, But I saw this verse here, and it stood out to me. I want to bring it out. And our choir has sung a song before, uh, and the name of the song is called, We Are Your Church. And these are the words of that song. God has built his church on one foundation. Jesus Christ, the living cornerstone. Crucified and risen to redeem us, we adore and worship him alone. Set apart to serve our loving Savior, given power to share redemption's plan. We will tell the world the love of Jesus. We will preach the cross to every land. With a shout, the bridegroom is returning Heaven's prince will come to claim his own. We will rise to reign with him forever. We will sing our praise around his throne. And the chorus says, We are your church, your bride, the people of your name. In your strength we live, we worship unashamed. For your cause we serve, and we joyfully proclaim, We are your people, we are your church. I like that. What a privilege it is to be a part of something so incredible as the church that Jesus started. Now, I mentioned that this morning. And by the way, there's, there, there's a lot of churches, just because we call ourselves a church doesn't mean we are. That's what I'm trying to bring out. There are thousands, if not millions, of establishments scattered all over the globe that call themselves churches, but they are not a church, and they are certainly not his church. There are qualifications that need to be met in order to be his church. There are standards to be upheld in order to be his church. There is work to be done in order to be his church. There are prices to be paid. There are battles to be fought. There are lines to be drawn. There are convictions to be established and defended if we are going to be his church. And you know, it doesn't take a deliberate turning away from truth to compromise. All it takes is a neglect to do what's right. You don't have to deliberately turn away. All you have to do is neglect to do what's right. And when we say we are his church, that means something. That means something very serious. It means something that we must all embrace and fight for together. Now tonight we're going to take some extra time to remember what God has done for us here at Heritage Baptist Church. Now to all of our more tenured members, 
I hope you are excited and thankful for each new member that the Lord has brought to this church family. Now, to all of our newer members, I hope you are excited and thankful for the faithfulness of those who have come before you. It was their faithfulness in giving. It was their faithfulness in service. It was their faithfulness in standing for the truth that has given you a place to come and serve the Lord, just as it will be because of your faithfulness that others in the future will have a place to come and serve the Lord as well. But to all of our members, what I want for us to remember tonight is that we are his church. We must not be a social club. We must not be an entertainment center. We must not be our own church. We must all strive to be nothing more and nothing less than his church. And we are not going to do that by following a man. We're not going to do that by following an organization. We're not going to do that by flying by our opinion. We're not going to do that by not having control of our, of our emotions and our, our natural tendency to do things our own way. We're not going to be able to do that by obeying the rules of some religious council. There are churches who are looking back at the council of Laodicea and all these things to make these huge doctrinal choices. We can only be his church by obeying God's word. And as your pastor, it's my duty and you have trusted me to reprove us lest we falter, to rebuke us lest we fall, to encourage us lest we forfeit, and to remind us lest we forget. And through God's help, with your support, and with a lot of prayer, I want us to determine to always be able to say, we are his church. Now, I told you earlier that means something. What makes us his church? What gives us the ability to say, we are? That, that's a bold statement. That is a bold statement to say we are his church that he started so long ago. We are, and we are, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? We are descendants of that church. That's a bold statement. And we carry the name of Jesus and his reputation when we say that. So if we cannot truthfully say that, we will bring shame to his name, not glory to his name. So what makes us his church? And I see first of all here, ye are a chosen generation. And I wrote first of all off to the side of my Bible, that is our redemption. What makes us his church? Well, first off, our redemption. Jesus Christ said upon this rock, no, not Peter as the first pope, but upon the rock of the gospel, upon the rock of the truth that Peter had just confessed, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, he said, yes, upon this rock, upon me, I will build my church. There can never be even one person in his church that hasn't been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if you are here tonight and you do not know that Jesus is your savior, you need to trust in him tonight. 
He will save you tonight if you put your faith and trust in him. We don't earn admission into his church. There's not an audition process. Even if there was, he would never be impressed. We don't choose to enter into his church. John, uh, Jesus said in John, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, he didn't choose us because of who we were. He didn't choose us because of our talents. He didn't choose us because we were lovely. He didn't choose us because we deserved to be chosen. It was by his matchless grace alone that he allowed us to hear his word and he brought us to a position where we reacted and we responded to that word. And then it was because of his grace that he chose to redeem us and add us to his church. Acts 2.47 says, The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Never forget the grace of God that chose us. Never forget the blood of Jesus that redeemed us. And never forget the power of the Spirit that quickened us and made us a part of his church. Look just a little bit earlier in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. How many of you have tasted that the Lord is gracious? If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Look in verse 4. To whom coming you have come as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men. He was rejected of men. But chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. So what makes us his church? Well, first of all, our redemption. Second of all, ye are a chosen generation. What are the next three words? A royal priesthood. That's our role. When Jesus redeemed us, when he bought us back, when he purchased us with his own blood, Things changed. We were forever changed. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're no longer an outcast. No longer an alien. No longer a stranger. No longer a far off. No longer a beggar on the streets on the way to hell. The Bible calls us a royal priesthood. Revelation 1, 5, and 6 says this, Unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Do you realize what that means? Do we realize what that means? We are a child of the king. We are joint heirs with Jesus. The royal blood of Christ flows in our veins. I saw an article just the other day about Meghan Markle. The Duchess of, of, of Sussex, I think, I think she is. Whatever. And the headline read, read like this. Meghan is desperate to be treated like a royal while acting like an entitled celebrity. She can't have it both ways. So church, we can't expect for people to see us in our role as a royal priesthood if we keep living the way we lived before Jesus saved us. We are his ambassadors. We are Christ's representatives. And if a lost world is going to look at some British royal and say, if you want to be treated like a royal, then start acting like one, then how much more are they going to, how much more would a lost world scoff and mock 
and turn away from people who are supposed to be a royal priesthood, and yet we act and we speak and we dress and we live no differently than they do. Always remember, when we were saved, our role changed. We are no longer beggars. We're royals. We no longer serve sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are priests unto God. And if we are going to be his church, we have to fulfill that role. And if we will ever show Christ to all nations, we have to be different than all nations. And that's what God showed the Israelites in in Exodus. Okay, I have brought you out of Egypt, a picture of the world, and now you're going to enter into this covenant because he said, I want to make you a kingdom of priests. But if you're going to do that, Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, and if we want to paraphrase, thou shalt not do all of these things that all of the other nations do. If you are going to reach the other nations, you have to be different than the other nations. Because if we're not different than the world and we come up and say, don't you want what we have? They're going to say, we already got it. We have to be, the next three words, and holy nation. So what was the first one? Our redemption. What makes us his church? Our redemption. If we're not saved, we're we're not a part of his church. Whenever, and and all of our new members, when you came up to me and you said, I would like to join this church, what, what requirements are there to join the church? What was the first thing I asked you? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your savior? So we have our redemption. We have our role, a royal priesthood. In holy nation. That's our requirement. In holy nation. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter of conversation. Be, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. That isn't suggest, suggested. It is expected. That isn't a request. It is a commandment. Every now and then I try to help my wife with folding the laundry. And it seems like whenever the laundry needs to be folded, there's like three fitted sheets in there. And I, don't, I mean, so I, I try to do my best. I don't understand how you fold like baby's clothes. Why do, why, why do you have to fold them? They're so small, but they have to be folded and they have to be folded in, su- in such a way. She folds my t-shirts and she does it so quickly. She just... <laughs> So I try, and, and you, so think about this. I could spend all the time in the world folding that laundry, doing the best I can to fold that laundry. And let's say I fold it perfectly. What are you laughing about? It's possible. I'll use chopsticks. Let's say I fold that laundry perfectly. It doesn't matter if there's blood all over my hands the entire time I'm doing it. And in the Old Testament, one of the prophets, and I can't remember right now, God spoke through one of the prophets and says, you're doing all these religious acts, but there's blood all over your hands. And then he even says through Haggai, if you are going to offer up a sacrifice with unclean hands, you make the sacrifice of none effect. And if we are trying to, God is not impressed when the outside of the cup is all clean, when the inside is corrupted. We are supposed to live holy lives. 
Everything in our life should be holiness to the Lord. There's a teenager that used to come to the church, and uh, he was just a typical teenage boy. And when we started our Iamborean discipleship course, we had books. And we would hand out those books, and they were crisp and white and clean. Well, I had the good idea during the Iamborean discipleship course that we would give them snacks, one of those snacks being Cheetos. And that was that boy's favorite snack. And they would have to hand in the book to me when it was all done. And by the time the boy handed it in to me, all of the answers were right, but every page was like sticking to one another. It was no longer white, it was orange. Just Cheeto powder everywhere. He had all the right answers, but the end result was still disgusting. And that might be a, a, a silly illustration, but we can engage in the most religious of acts. But when it's done with sinful, unclean hands, it's going to be nothing but wood, hay, and stubble. That is going to be burnt. It, it won't last through the judgment. What we do in our life must be gold and silver and precious jewels. The foundation may be right through our redemption of Jesus Christ, but what are we building on it? And while we're doing all the right things, but are we doing it in the right way? And are we doing it in the right spirit? And if we would be his church, we must be holy. What are those next three words? So we talked about our redemption. You're a chosen generation. We talked about our role. We're a royal priesthood. We talked about our requirement in holy nation. What about the next one? A peculiar people. That's our responsibility. Now let me explain. That word peculiar isn't talking about being weird or strange. However, let's be honest. When you live differently than the world, when you go against nature, people are going to think you're weird. So in a way, and in many ways, if the world doesn't think you're a little weird, probably do. But you know what? When they truly see how we live, and they see why we live, and they see the blessings that come along with it, they realize it's actually it's not weird at all. It's right. No, it's not weird to be faithful to your spouse. It's not weird at all. No, it's not weird to avoid wine and beer and drugs. You can have fun in other ways. It's not weird to, be, to not be deceived by alcohol. No, it's not weird at all. It's not weird to spank your children. It's not weird to go to church three times a week. No, it's not weird. And you know, I've heard people say, well, I just don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says we need to go three times a week. You know what? You're absolutely right. They went every day. They'll realize, no, it's not weird to give tithes and offerings. How many of you have ever told somebody, no, I give 10% of what I make to the church, to the Lord? They look at you like you're insane. And we talked about it in Sunday school. Guys, let's be honest. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to give 10% of what you make to the Lord. If you, at, at, the end of the, at the end of the month, if you want more in your bank account by the end of the month, what do you do? Give money away? No, you keep it. 
But the Lord says, prove me now herewith. It's not weird, it's right. Anyways, the word peculiar is talking about belonging to one person and to him only. Belonging to one person and to him only. I could tell a story. My, my brother got into graphic design. And he told me a story of a man who was working at a very prestigious graphic design company. But he started going off and wanting to start his own side business. So he gets caught using the company's paper, the company's machines, the company's software, all of the company's resources in order to kickstart his own thing. Now, when the company finds out about his little side company, how do you think they feel? Well, then go and start your own side company, buddy. But you're not going to be using our resources. Who is the one who redeemed us? Who was the one who paid the price for our souls? It wasn't our career. It wasn't our education. It wasn't our hobbies. It wasn't our interests. It wasn't our desire for travel. Look in 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, and without spot, we can't serve another. We can't claim another. We can't seek another. We can't love another. We can't use the body that Jesus bought with a price to serve something else. Our responsibility lies wholly with the one who signed our pardon with his blood. That is where our responsibility lies. And if we would be his church, we can't be serving mammon. We can't be serving self. We can't be serving trends. We can't be serving the desires of men. Our responsibility is to serve him and him alone because we belong to him and him alone. That is what it means to be a peculiar people. So what's our first one? Our redemption. Next one, our role. You're a royal priesthood. What's the third one? Our requirement, a holy nation. What's the one that we just went over? our responsibility. We are peculiar people. We don't get up in the morning and think, I wonder who I'm going to serve today. No man can serve two masters. You know the key, you know the key word in that? Masters. You can serve a lot of things, but only one will be your master. And no man can serve two masters. We can't be claiming on one breath, Jesus is my Savior and Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is Lord, but is he yours? That's the question. We can't be saying that and then saying, but I'm not going to spend any time living for him or doing anything for him. I'm going to do what the world tells me to do. Number five, the last one, our resolve. What makes us is his church? Our resolve. To resolve means to decide firmly on a course of action. So think about this with me. Our redemption from sin, our role as kings and priests, our requirement to be holy, and our responsibility to God is all for one purpose. That ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is our purpose. 
That is what we should resolve to do. If we would be his church, each and every one of us must resolve to do what he has called us to do. We are members of a body. And if, if my body wants to go this way, but my hand wants to go this way, it's not going to work. And if you read in, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In fact, yes, I know it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If the whole body were an eye, then where were the smelling? Or if the whole body was the nose, then where would be the seeing? And it's the more uncomely parts of the body that have a more important role. So if we're in a church and thinking, well, I don't have a ministry, and I'm not the pastor, and I'm not a Sunday school teacher, and I'm not, so I'm not important. Whoa. Absolutely not. You know, you can live without your eyes. You can't live without your, without your liver. You can live without your hands. You can't live without your, well, you can't live without your kidneys. So all of these parts that are hidden and think, oh, I just don't do anything important. No, you do something very important. We are a body and we work together and we must all resolve to walk in the same direction because two cannot walk together except they be agreed. We resolve individually. In my individual life, I am going to be who the Lord wants me to be through his grace. We resolve corporately. We resolve humbly. We resolve entirely. We resolve by faith. We resolve in Christ and through Christ and for Christ. We resolve knowing that we are completely inadequate. We resolve knowing that we are totally unworthy, but we resolve. We resolve that God's grace will not be bestowed upon us in vain. We resolve that our light will shine before men. We resolve to fight the good fight of faith. We resolve to trust in God when we are afraid. We resolve to go forward with the gospel whether it's the theme of that year or not. We resolve to follow Jesus. We resolve to leave the world behind and keep the cross before. And if nobody else joins us, we resolve. We resolve not to follow our own will, but his. We resolve to live our lives in such a way where we can truly say, we are his church. May it ever be so. Lord, I ask that you would help us tonight to, as a church, and as individuals as well, because a church is made up of individuals, to remember these five areas that you have so graciously given to us in order to be able to call ourselves your church. Lord, may it ever be so that in Corpus Christi, Texas, there is a church that is doing everything it can to strive for the mastery and to live for you to go forward with your gospel and to bring glory to your name. Lord, not to build a crowd, but to build people. Lord, not to reach some goal and status, but to reach the world. Lord, not to please men, but to please you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Church, if... <laughs> If you're here tonight and you are looking, well, let me start with this. Do you know you're saved? Has Jesus redeemed you? Do you know 100% sure that if you died right now that you would go to heaven? You are not guaranteed tomorrow. The Lord could call you home at any moment. And if you do not know that Jesus is your Savior, listen to me, if you miss Jesus 
by one moment, you will miss him for all of eternity. Right now is decision time. Maybe you didn't know what you were getting into when you came to service, but right now, your soul is being brought to a point of decision. And will you accept Christ or will you reject him? How many of you are here and you say, I know for sure that Jesus is my savior. I know it. Would you raise your hand? I have no doubt in my mind that Jesus is my savior. Thank you. I appreciate that. I saw some who could not raise your hand and I want to know, would you like to know? Would you like to know that Jesus can be your savior? Nobody is looking around. I am the only person who is going to see. I will not call you out but I will pray for you. I promise you that I will. Would you say, Pastor, pray for me? I want to know Jesus as my Savior. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. I'm looking over here on the left. Anyone? I see that hand. Thank you. You are not alone. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to know Jesus as my Savior. All right, Chris, all right so, so let's say this. If you are here tonight and you do not have a church home. You don't have a church home where you can come and you can be challenged, where you could come as you are, but leave changed. Leave changed. Where you can constantly be shown what we need to do from God's word in order to be the Christian that we are supposed to be. If you are not in a church like that, jump in. Jump in. If you would like to talk to me afterwards about about joining this church. I'd be happy to speak to you about that. But then even for our members, are you all in? Are you all in? We're a body. We need each other. We need you. If I asked you, if the Lord asked you right now, are you all in everything that you can do? Maybe you can't do as much as the person next to you. No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, are you at this moment doing everything that you can do? Are you all in? Or would you say, I'm not. I am not. But through God's grace tonight, I want to be. I want to be all in. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is that your decision? Would you raise your hand? I see that. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Get all in. Get all in. There is no greater joy. You won't have any more fun anywhere else. I promise you. There's nothing more rewarding. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.com. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.